You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Let's read what we read for service, just a part of it. Uh, 1 Samuel 16, 7. That's how to begin today. Amen. Amen. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or the height of his statue, because I have refused him. That's a, a, bad, that's a strong statement from the Lord. Uh, to have said that, to see, it's not the one. That might have been better. To say I have refused him. That means I've considered him and I've just rejected him. But that's the way I'm going. The next one is where I'm going. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. God does not see as man sees. That's what I want to begin to talk about, which we started. I was still trying to introduce for service and I went get into it a little bit today. God does not see. So, the beginning of this message is for every Christian listening to me to understand that when God and man, when they look at the same thing, they are going to draw different conclusions. Hallelujah. So God does not see as man sees. In other words, God has his own way of seeing things and the way he sees those things, they are different from the way mortal men see things. Glory to God. In John 4, when Jesus met that woman, and the woman went to town. I don't know whether uh, verse 35 or so. Jesus said, don't you say there are four months and then there are harvests. In other words, say ye not that there are four months, then come at the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are already white. This is another uh, demonstration of the fact that God does not see as man sees. So Jesus said, to the disciples, all of you, you are looking at the field and your conclusion is that harvest will come in four months' time. He said, but I am telling you, if you see from my perspective, there is already harvest. Hallelujah. Then first I will give the example of Gideon. Gideon was the last born of the last family of the last lineage in Israel. And then he was hiding from the Midianites. And God said, you mighty man of valor, how are you doing? And the Bible says, Gideon was shocked. Judges chapter 6. Am I a mighty man? I'm the last born. I'm afraid. So a mortal man would have looked at Gideon and said, baby of the family. A mortal man would have looked at Gideon and he would have said that this is the youngest guy. Oh, that guy's afraid of the Midianites. But God saw inside the man strength. He saw a commander. I was shocked when I read Exodus chapter 12 on about three occasions. Slaves that were about to leave Egypt were referred to by God as hosts. Hosts. The Bible said that night, the host of the Lord left Egypt. These were slaves. These were men being oppressed by Pharaoh, but God saw. So can it be that God does not see you as you see you? And I said, now this is where I want to start from. You will never be able to be effective as a Christian as you should be until you start seeing yourself the way God sees you. The foundation for a mighty faith, the foundation for exploits in the kingdom of God, the foundation of having unquantifiable results, great and great testimonies, 
in the world that we live in is for us to see ourselves as he sees us. Hallelujah. So, let's look at one example. I said for the second service, we enter properly into this. Please get the message of the first service. Oh, all of a sudden, a weak Christian becomes a commander when he understands this. God never, the angel did not lay his hand on Gideon and so he now be strong. The angel just told him what God had been saying about him all along. Just like I explained for service. A guy is in America, he has no papers, he's running away from immigration, running away from everybody. When he sees the cops, he's afraid. All of a sudden, somebody files for him. They have not changed his clothes. They have not changed the amount of, his, of the money in his bank. Maybe he just sees a document that says that now you are a citizen. Maybe they call it green card or whatever. All of a sudden, the same guy can now, in the morning, walk past a cop with pride. Something has changed. He is now aware that a document has been signed on his behalf and that his level has changed. Even though there is nothing physical that has changed. Hallelujah. This is what happens when we are aware of God's perspective over us. How he sees us. So a very good example is the story of Balaam. When we started touching on a little during the, I think during the week. Numbers 23. I want to use two stories to illustrate. Numbers 23 and then Exodus 20. Numbers 23. This is deep. The first thing everybody has to understand is what is called justification. But I don't want to go fully into it today. I'm saying, okay, let's start from verse 19. God is not a man that should lie. Neither the son of man that should repent. As he said it, will he not do it? Again, look at that word. God is not a man. Hi. Eva. <laughs> Jesus said, I am the bread from above. And they got angry because they saw a capital son. Do not be conformed to these words. Mean that, listen to me everybody. The degree to which you have detached yourself from your background, it will determine how effective your faith will be. When you stop going by the definition given to you by your society, family members and people, and you begin to switch over to the definition given by God who made you. They call you Tokwe, but is that who you are? You think that you are Tokwe, third born of the family, and you have 100,000 in your accounts. But is that what heaven says? I want to show you something. Now, remember one day here I said, the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I was a young boy when the Lord told me this. I was battling lusts and praying. I had not done anything. I got born again very early. But inside me, I was always thinking so many funny thoughts towards women. I know all of you looking at me as saints and that never happened to you. There's no problem. At least I'm the only one. So it's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Why is it something like that? So people will look at you like, hey, ah, who are you? <laughs> Amen. So I was, I was bothered that if these thoughts continue, I might just do it one day. So what am I going to do about this? I love God so much. I was scared. So one day I took my just get involved with one girl because the pictures were already inside me. And then, on one occasion, I joined a friend to watch a pornographic movie. And on my way home, I felt stained. I felt bad. I was always going from street to street, preaching to people. 
But like this, uh, this is my life, secretly. Now you're looking at me. I don't feel like, let, let's, let's, let me go back. So, so, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I was, I was bothered. Then he just said this to me. So I will pray and I will try my best. Then I will get angry. By night, I would have taught many more horrible things again. Ah. And then the Lord said, you are trying to um, walk away from the lust of the flesh so that you can walk in the spirit. You have reversed the order. Walk in the spirit and you shall not. Did you get that? You are trying to get rid of the things of the flesh so that you can walk in the spirit. It will never happen. The things of the flesh will go when you walk in the spirit. So your attention should be walking in the spirit. So the Lord said, don't be conscious of what you don't want to do. Be conscious of whom I have made you. And what you don't want to do will go. It's what guys who shout grace, who don't know anything about grace, what they, so they want to say that you just, no. <laughs> the beginning of their stuff is correct that Christ has made us right. But being made right will make you live right. It won't leave you the same. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I had this. So when he said that to me, oh, that blessed me mightily. That your concern is how to walk in the spirit. So I am saying that you become, when you are aware of how he sees you, it will blow, it will come out of you naturally. So now, let's start with the first one. Hallelujah. I told them to sing that song last week. I'm no longer enslaved to fear. So many believers are still bound. God is not a man. He does not see the way men. So how does God see a Christian? This story will show you something about this. So you know about Balaam and Balak. Now Balaam is saying this on the mountain. That God is not a man. Now verse 20. Behold, I have received a commandment to bless, and I cannot reverse it. 21 is where I'm going to. Look at this. He had not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Hi. Neither has he seen perverseness in Israel. <laughs> Balaam took Balak to the mountaintop where he could see the people. When you read the Bible, pay attention to words. The Bible did not say it did not see iniquity in the people. Balaam was not looking at Jacob. He was looking at children of Israel. Are you with me? You know the background story. Balak hired Balaam to help him cause Israel. In order to cause, he said, let's go into the realm of the spirit. We explained that another day. You cannot cause a person or bless a person when you are standing on the same plane. That was why when war broke out against the Amalekites, Moses climbed the mountain before he lifted his rod. You don't lift your rod at the valley, but that's not where I'm going today. So Balaam understood the principle. He told Balak, you want me to curse them? I can't stand on the same plane and place a curse on them. So you have to follow me to a mountain. At the mountain, just let me see them. When we are at the mountain and they are the valley, I can prevail on them by what I say. So Israel were at, at the valley. And Balaam looked at them. He wanted to curse. Then he said, oh, see how they are camping. This is a glorious camping. And he said, God is not a man. He said, I can't curse. And he gave the reason. He said he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob. It was not Jacob he was looking at at the valley. He was looking at over 2 million Jews, 2 million Israelis down there. 
But up there on the mountain, he did not see Israelites. He saw Jacob. I... Then he said he has not seen perverseness in Israel. As a result of that, he said the shout, God is with him. And the shout of the king is among them. He started with him, then he went to them. Did you get that? What is the meaning of if any man be in Christ? Mm. Now I'm about to share something and we'll proceed from there next week. In Exodus chapter 12, when they told them to take the blood, the Lord is dropping in my spirit to share on the, your victory will be outstanding. Shout a loud amen. There won't be any member of this church that will be demonically oppressed. It's not possible. Are you following what I'm saying? Because what I'm sharing with you will not only set you free, it will make you free. The truth does not set free, the truth makes free. Set free means that you can be captured again. If you are made free, you are free indeed. There are two different things. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, the only thing God said to them, he said, put the blood, door posts, the lintels, and he said the posts, but he never told them to put the blood on ground. I will talk about Hebrews when the Bible said that if you trample upon the blood, but that's not for today. What can a believer do that can be a problem? A serious problem. But that's not where I'm going today. But they never put the blood on the floor because the blood must not be trampled upon. But on the doorpost, and that represents your mouth. And the Bible says, you don't just put your hand in the blood and splash it on your... You must use a plant called isop. That was the same thing David talked about in Psalm 51. That was the same thing they used when they put vinegar and they gave it to Jesus. They put it on isop before they gave him. And in all the sacrifices in Israel, isop was the presence. So Jesus said, take a bunch, or, the Bible, or God told them, a bunch of isop and dip it in the basin. It is the isop you use to splash the wall. What is isop? That's not also where I'm going today. Against the pole. So you just don't splash. Now that talks about the blood must be in the basin. You must dip the isop. These things are divinely arranged order that must be followed like that and they are sequentially arranged. You must follow them. Now we put it on the door. But we are going to then God said that, say to it that nobody, nobody should go out. Now, when dealing with God, we must understand covenant and legal terms. God said, if you are inside, there is a guarantee that the angel of death cannot come near you. And part of it is sickness. The angel cannot come near you. He said, but if you step out, then you are no more covered by the blood. Now, this is it. Among the Egyptians who died, there were babies. They were good people. Among the Israelites who survived, that God protected because they were inside. They were thieves and they were called men. Are you getting what I'm saying? Among the people that Balaam saw at the valley, there were rebels among them. Korah and many of them. Okay, Korah died before then. I don't know. I think died in chapter, chapter 16. There were many of them. How did he say he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob? Because, number one, the children of Israel, God when God looks down from above, he wouldn't see them straight. He saw them through Jacob. Now, God justified Jacob already in that sense. He had covenant with Jacob. Now, what am I saying? When the angel of death go to every house with blood, the nature, the attitude, the age, the fear of the person inside does not matter. What matters is that they are inside and that the covenant will not allow the angel of death to cross over. 
Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Why? The angel of death will not see the person inside per se. The angel of death will see the blood shed. The blood already guarantees the righteousness of everybody inside. Are you following me? Now, what is the blood of Jesus doing for us? I want to read something. Um, let's read Ephesians 1, 7 and Colossians 1, 14. Ephesians 1, 7. The same scripture is in the two places. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. In other words, oh, thank God if any man be in Christ. So when God looks at anybody who is in Christ, the same thing, the first thing God sees over the layer is the blood. And because of the blood, it doesn't so much matter who is under the blood. What matters is that the blood speaks for the person. Are you with me? This is why a believer cannot be cursed. Now, I'm starting from God's perspective. I will go to the enemy's perspective later, but not today. Because sincerely speaking, if you get to know how Satan sees you, you will cry for all the times you have wasted, fearing the devil and complaining about him. Hallelujah. When this awareness in a man, it becomes very easy to walk up to a spirit and command it to go. I told them for service, and I feel I should mention this. You have to understand, demons don't have legal rights anywhere to exist on earth. God gave man art. Even God interferes and intervenes as men pray. This is why we pray. When we pray, we give God permission. Now, that might sound strange to many of you to act on that. God doesn't just, he doesn't say, I'm God, I'm going to do anything I like. He does not pray like that. God is a covenant-keeping God. He's a very orderly person. He can do that, but he doesn't. Have you ever asked the question, why God, when Satan did what he did in the garden and uh, Adam and Eve submitted to, why did God just choke the devil and be like, nobody is here, I'll just kill you, it doesn't matter. God, our God is like, God is so thorough. When he says he has given you this place, even God himself will come and ask you permission to come in. For those who are probably what I've just said now, why did Jesus say that I stand at the door and I'm knocking if any man opens? Can't he enter by himself? Are you getting what I'm saying? Even Jesus, when he wants to come in, in his own house, he was talking to the church and he's the head of the church. In his own place where he's the president and he's the head, he said, I am knocking if any man will open. If any man will not open, he said, I will not enter. So he's not going to force his way in. Why? There is something God will never take away from a man, the will of a man. If I say to God that I want to go to hell, there's nothing God can do about it. He will send opportunities. All he will do is to be appealing to me to change my will, to change my mind. If I refuse to change my mind, he cannot. He gave man will. This is why since the fall of Adam, the will of man has been the contention. The will. A nation can shut down completely on God. Celebrate, raise ungodly law. Like it's happening in America and so many other places. And you see even Christians will support all these laws. I'm not here for any politics. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about politics now. I'm talking about, forget politics, I'm just talking about laws coming up. And it can get so bad that children will grow up, they don't know what is right from what is wrong. They believe and embrace all perversions and believe that it's part of life. How you get to what I'm saying? And God won't be able to do anything about it except for judgment to set. It does not tamper with a man's will. If God tells, me, tells a man not to marry somebody and say that's the person you will marry, he won't force you not to. 
if you discover in doing so, then somebody must have knelt down your behalf to have prayed to God. Anytime you see Jesus appear like to apostle Paul to convert a man, because that is a special arrangement, which will only, only also happen as a man asks for permission, or, or as a man permits God to do. He doesn't just do that. Yes. That was why the angel came to Cornelius and told Cornelius, all I can do for you is to tell you to go and look for Peter. I cannot preach to you or lead you to Christ. The gospel cannot be preached by an angel. People don't even know that in the scheme of things, men are superior to angels. What is man that thou hast made him? This is why our effectiveness on that. Now, I gave a testimony first time, which I feel I should give there. This kind of audacity, they only come when you understand the way the father sees you. The first one we want to deal with, and it's not even today, is the fact that the father sees a, forgive, a person that has been forgiven. Can you shout amen? Say after me, there is no sin. There is nothing separating me from my heavenly father. Shout amen. amen. If you don't accept this, Satan will never cease to remind you of past mistakes as the reason why you are suffering. And it is not so. The only reason why it is so in your life is because you are accepting what the enemy is saying. If any man be in Christ. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Shout this word, I am justified. Say it again. Say it one more time. Did you get what I've just said now? See, this is why we can pray by faith. This is why we can have confidence. Except, that's what the Bible said, that cash not there for your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. You have to assemble things and harm yourself with things that will let your confidence be high at all times. Otherwise, you open up yourself for the enemy to afflict. Hallelujah. He looked at the old church and he said, you are a royal priesthood. This is God's perspective. He looked at you and he said, you are an ambassador. This is how God sees you. This is how God sees you. And guess what? I will never forget, but we won't go into full into that one. The story of Gideon. Why this Gideon was afraid? The Midianites were discussing. In the enemy's camp, one of them said, I had a dream. He said, I saw a cake. It tumbled over the tents, and the tent capsized, and everything fell. And his colleague told him that it is the sword of Gideon. That means Gideon is coming to kill all of us. <laughs> These were the conversations of the enemy among themselves. And God told Gideon that, go near and hear. Hear what they are saying. You are here afraid of these people. They are there already concluding that they are going to perish by your hand. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Honestly, I was wondering why the Lord would have me go this way. The prodigal son was realizing what he would say to him. He saw himself as a son, a rascal. Who the father will only permit now to be a slave. But from the father's perspective, a son was missing. And he needed the son desperately. The father went to welcome. He didn't even let him talk. So if you separate the two of them, the prodigal son every day was thinking, my father sees me as a wasteful son, a useless son. No wonder he went so low that he became a slave to men. Because he thought 
the first day God broke, he would have returned home if he knew that the father did not even reject him at all. You see, what, what, he went home not because he wanted to. He went home when he exhausted, when he had exhausted all other options. But you know what? If he had gone home from day one, the father would have accepted him back. So you, a son thinking the father was angry, going home was not an option, not knowing that from the father's perspective, I'm looking for my son. I'm looking for my son. We are going to read a couple of New Testament scriptures. This is on which your faith should be based upon. This is what gives you authority over the adversary. This is what you should meditate on when you are traveling. In the evil days like we see all around the world, this is what you should arm yourself with. And most importantly, this is what should be at the back of your mind when you want to pray. Otherwise, you'll pray from a weak point and nothing much will happen. I asked... Even it shocked me when the fastest way I had confessed who I have a car in Jesus. The body day I said to God in the morning, I went to check some people. And I mean, I was not mine. I was I was staying with Shola then, which I said first, and it was raining. And I came back home, and I stood outside, and I said to God, "My parents have four cars. I don't want to go home because you told me to move to Lagos." I said, "If I go." If my father gives me an assignment, he will give me one of the cars. After all, as a teenager, I was already driving around all his cars. And I said, he will never have a problem giving me one out of four. You claim to own heaven and earth, and you cannot give me one from all the things you own. And that you said in your word that if you've been evil, you know how to give good greed to your children. How much more you have? I said, my earthly father, he better pass you in this matter. This was just me sitting on the table and speaking. Honestly, I said, people might not say that they don't have to. It's not a doctrine. I felt as if there was a laughter. I just felt as if God laughed. And a few days after that, a beautiful Jeep showed up. If you've been evil, I challenge you with God doesn't get angry when you challenge you with his word. If there's a problem and you listen, he will tell you that this is why this has not happened. Because it's his word. That's the document. I will talk about you must understand the side of covenant is a legal thing. When it becomes legal, the nature with which you are saying it does not matter. It's a legal thing. Hallelujah. Is somebody with me? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace. The reason why we can do that is because we are conscious of how the Father sees us. I want us to live today with this. As you want to worship tomorrow morning, it's going to influence how you worship. Pure worship will pour from your hearts. Because you are standing before the one who cares so much about you. Who loves you so much. Oh, how many angels are working on your record in heaven? How many of them? Jesus said it this way. Don't you think I'm able to ask my father when they came against in the garden to send 12 legions of angels, 70,000 and above. He just said the free of life. I can ask my father. He can. Don't you think that God can... Hallelujah. What made the guy? I will never forget. He's a doctor in Bahamas now. I mentioned a doctor in Canada in the morning session. And I think I shared that story. But let me start with this second one. I didn't say this first time. Doctor in Bahamas, Shem Shobukola. That's his name. 94. 1994. Go and check. I think I've said it here before. He woke up in the morning and he said that I've not read enough for jam. And I want to do medicine in UI. And he said, Lord, for my sake shift jam. That was, yeah, go and check. They shifted jam by six months. 
Some other Christians will be like, I mean, how can God do that for me? Let me tell you this. Maybe this will bless you as we close. Even though God sees us as a church, when dealing with you, God sees only you. He deals with you as if you are the only child he has. And he can go to any land for you. God does not say, Equus, It's not God. He locks himself up with just you. He is concerned about you as if you are the only one. And guess what it is true? If you were the only sinner in the world, Jesus would have come for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? The guy prayed. And I told them the second one first. I remember, ah, that thing shook me to my bone. The other one is also a doctor in Canada. She, she was in Iran. We used to show films in our secondary school after exam. We show Manzion film. All those, uh, the black demon will appear. And the uh, angel will appear also wearing white. And they were talking to one person. Uh, Perilous time. Agbaranla. One beautiful films. The ones they do now, they don't show demons again. It's not very interesting again. No, Manzano is good. I'm, I, that's just a joke. But I used to like those demon parts at that, that time. Because after showing the film, we must do deliverance. <laughs> In fact, sometimes halfway, you see spirit crying. I told you a lot of story, but it was one of the films that we finished that day that we do deliverance that uh, the demon, the girl, demon gave my friend punch. And I learned to do watch and pray. You know, we all close our eyes. And the guy said, What are you saying? What are you saying? The girl just gave him punch. Both. Ah, so they asked me to pray. I said, this one, number one, social distancing. <laughs> I've been doing it for a while. And then you open your eyes. That Jesus never said in the Bible that when you want to pray, close your eyes. So I said, this one is necessary. Amen. Are you with me? So as we're about to start the movie, 1994, they were necessary then. We were just the junior then. They just took the lights. And the coordinator felt that it was the devil. So Nisha 94 was going on the Nigeria had a match that day. And this brother said, one another brother called up, said, but let's pray. I was the youngest. I just joined my hand with them. And they prayed. And they said, Shane Randolph for us. And the guy just said, in a very emphatic way, he said, Heavenly Father, we would not need to beg you to supply light to win souls to your kingdom. So light come. And all the light came on, boom, 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 like that. That already moved me. I couldn't recover as a young boy from that. Then the shocking path. The following day, I was telling a colleague who was in the boarding house. And he said, it's not true. You are lying. He said, because they took light and they never brought it back. Because he said, we all gathered at the house master's house to watch the football. And they took the light. He said, all of us and the house master had to go out of school to go and watch it with someone that had And I checked with some other people. Light never returned in every other part of the school except the all we're using. A request. Abraham's servant was conscious that he was running Abraham's errand. And he said, oh God of my master Abraham, Genesis 24. And immediately Rebecca showed up. Why do we look like beggars, believers? It is because there is something that God cannot adjust. Your will. Your consciousness. Except he keeps sending the word to you. To reprogram you. That you might appear the way he wants you to appear. Can I say this? A believer who is conscious of his identity will command result than a believer who is fasting for 14 days dry without understanding his identity. And it is very easy for you to see all around. I know too many people who pray. Number one, the moment you start fighting the battle that Jesus already won, you are on your own. And that is happening severally. This is why people will go empty stomach for 30 days. I fast for days without it, but not against enemy. The greatest prayer I do is to know more of his plan for my life. When people do all that, you are 
entering a fight with a demon with fasting, a demon that your master already conquered. If your pastor could conquer him, Jesus wouldn't need to come. He would have waited for you to come and fast and help us defeat him. Does this mean we should not fast? No. But fast for understanding. Open the word and let him show you what he has done. Second, let him show you whom he has made you. When you are aware, like the document example I gave, it will change everything immediately. Some even think it's in the number. Many years back, many, many years ago, they were doing deliverance somewhere and they were commanding the spirit about 14 brethren. And Bishop Oedeku was just brother David then. He sat down there with a bottle of coke in his hand. And somebody said, brother David, won't you join us? He said, I will join on one condition. When I join, all of you go and sit down. I will pray alone. Because after all, you are 14 and you'll be praying and nothing is happening. So that you won't hinder my own prayer also. So they all, right, they were expecting to get up and come. From where he sat with a bottle of coke, he said, that spirit come out. And the thing left immediately. And he said, brother, what happened? That was when the special came. He said, a general, whether it's in khaki or mufti, a general is a general. It is not how you stand against the demon. It is the understanding that is sponsoring what you are saying. In the realm of the spirit, you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing. But, ah, yeah. I've shared it with us. I marvel. The day I found out what God said to Moses, that you stretch your rod over the sea and divide it. Moses wanted to pray to God and God said, no, I will leave the parting side, but the person that will make the decree will stretch the rod. The rod is the word of your mouth. You are the one that will stretch the word. God will now go to action. Because by what you speak, you permit God. Many of you don't know when they say God has surrounded you with the edge. There is no physical fence anywhere. The edge around your life are the words that you speak. When you break an edge, when you say what you should not say, you are broken an edge. So serpents come in when the edge is broken. The edge is broken by your tongue. Glory to God. How do they overcome the devil? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What does it mean of they love not their lives unto death? They kept saying what the word says even when it didn't look like it. Blood of the Lamb, word of testimony. You must understand that by the blood you are in a place, a separate place. And that the Father, because of the blood, he does not see Shade, he sees Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. So when the Father looks at you, because if any man be in Christ, because you are in Christ, he sees you through Christ. Oh, glory. Glory. Oh, praise God. I remember the film Predator. Clay Kustala Histo. Nice film. No, remember the film. As the Predator was chasing him and dealing with the kill all of them, he fell inside the mud. And the mud covered his entire body. And he realized that the Predator couldn't see you if you were under the mud. And this time around, he went for the Predator. <laughs> of course, along the line, the mud washed off. The guy beat. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? But momentarily, when it is over, they said the guy was coming and he was looking for him. Looking for him. When you're under the blood, you are covered. And they cannot see you. This is why your lineage does not matter anymore. Because the blood is all they see. And it's the blood speaks. That of Abel was crying vengeance. That of Jesus does not say vengeance. It says mercy. 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 But against the enemy, the blood speaks vengeance. If there are sessions on you, 
and you think decisions are affecting you. Oh, they took me to a place, they did this to me. The reason why the demon behind that incision continues his manipulation is because you are empowering him by believing. You have not declared affirmatively that it's over and I'm aware that it's over. I explained something briefly for service. Familiar spirits are spirits that are familiar with activity. They can mimic what you do. So when you talk about, somebody asked me the question, when you talk about people, they say somebody died and is reappearing somewhere. It's not that person. It's a demonic spirit that a familiar spirit attached to that person. It is appointed for man to die once. When a man dies, he goes. But a familiar spirit, when Samuel died, Saul looked for a witch because God wouldn't answer him again. And he said, bring up somebody. The woman said, ooh, and he brought up Samuel. Or suppose Samuel. And he gave a prophetic word accurately. But then number one, that prophecy was not, but it did not edify. Anybody who is a spiritual would just know this is not. So I remember a minister said that he died, that his wife died and she appeared. He told the demon that you are not my wife. There's no communication between the living and the dead. Hear me. God does not use your mom who is gone or grandma to speak to you in dream. There's no communication between the living and the dead. Except under a prophetic influence like what happened in the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and Moses, but they were not his grandparents. This is very important. You see, when the Spirit speaks to you, you are violating a divine order. Now, the most dangerous part of it is that if you accept that conversation, the statement made by the Spirit might be true. You are submitting yourself to a demon. This is what happened. I told the sister, I told me that this had come from somewhere and the prophet said this and said that and said that, please, send your name and everything. I want to provide. I said, if you do, you remain under the chain of that prophet forever. These are the days when you mind who comes to pray over you. That you kneel down for you, let them touch your head. Those who are soothsayers among them, uh, among us in Nigeria, who impostors who are like pastors, they see from the spirit that they have no power over you until you submit yourself to them. So they can give a prophecy that appears to be true. It might even be true. Satan can actually get a dating dollar can tell you things about yourself. So it's not a new thing. But where the trap comes is as you submit yourself to them, then what will happen is that they be responsible for the occurrences in your life. Things will start happening as they will tell you. Not because God has destined those things to happen that way. You have submitted yourself to them, so whatever they narrate will happen, it will happen to you. I say, daughter, ah, in two weeks I see an accident, but I will pray, don't worry, you will escape it. Three, there will be an accident that you will explain, and you will think the man is powerful. The game goes on. Amen. I came down from Beachy one day. One of them met me. He said, I see a glory. You are a pastor. I told her, shut up. And it shocked the person. Who do you think you are talking to? I can't come under your influence. I'm under the influence of the Holy Ghost already. I'm not impressed that you can call my phone number. Demons can do that. Demons are intelligent. I mean, they go around. So that's not, that's not, that's not the... These practices are getting rampant in Africa and people are being captured. Now they now go and post on Facebook, John collected their money in Christianity. Who asked you to go there in the first place? People don't want to accept responsibility that they put themselves in to be deceived. If you don't like the knowledge of God's word, you are qualified to be deceived. And you should not complain. Are you following what I'm saying? Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. This consciousness. So for a few years, my wife couldn't conceive. And when she finally did, it was a topic pregnancy. We didn't know until I came to church to preach and she was having to. I told her that night, so I said, okay, you know what? Um, let me go out to preach in church. I said, let me, so I called someone that, please let me stay with her. And then they just called. By the time I was finished preaching, many, many years, by the time I finished preaching, they are taking her to hospital. They had operated. And someone had to sign for me because I was not there. So I got to the hospital. What happened? I said, it was a, I said wow. And I said, a doctor had scanned her before. How come? How did they miss this? And from the hospital, somebody who genuinely loved us told, told, told her mom. And the mom told her, the prophet called me and said, ah, can I speak to your wife? So I guess so he started telling her, that, ah, where is your mother-in-law? He said, she's in Abelkuta. I said, ah, you will buy clothes and bring it. I said, sir, you are very stupid. It's my mom you are talking about. My mom is a Christian. Why are you going? Where? I said, I'm the last boy. I have brothers before me and they all have children. So what, what, what are you trying to say? He said, ah, no. That's why I said, shut up. And this thing just rose from it. I said, I will invite you for naming. You will come there. I'll invite you for naming. And I called the phone. And shortly after that, she conceived. And the woman that called the prophet, she came for the naming. She couldn't look at my, into my, because I told the girl, tell your mom, hey, this thing. She couldn't look. But you know what? She came for a name and she saw my daughter without the influence of their prophets. And that still didn't set her free. She kept going back to the same prophets. I said, where is it in the Bible that people should bring clothes? You pray over to go and give the mother-in-law. That is native. I mean, Babalawo in the body of that, that, Where is that in the Bible? When people are pressed in the corner, see, I was able to answer him that way because of what I'm sharing with you now. Awareness. I just need something that God will not forsake his own. That it's a bit slow to have a child. Does not mean we will not have one. When you have delayed marriage, the devil can begin to whisper, you might not get married. Always speak back. Speak from the reservoir of knowledge of who you are in Christ. That is not true. Say, Satan, you will attend my wedding, but you'll be outside. We will not give you rice. Learn to respond that it shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. In the next nine months, I'm wearing my wedding gown. You think when you turn angels, we say, Chai, I'm going to go out. No! <laughs> because people think that when you make a bogus statement like that, God will be intimidated. Ah, oh, 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 this girl, ah, please now. Don't no, no embarrass him. The Almighty takes it up. That's my daughter speaking. And he tells the angel, oh no, what she had just said now. Because he will perform the counsel of his messenger. He said, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. We do that with the consciousness of the fact that I am of God. That is why the arrows flying by day will not touch you. Glory to God. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My, 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 my brother, he was not even the one telling me, someone else was telling me, he was, he needed to catch a flight, they were coming from Abeokuta. Lagos Bado was on a standstill that day. And the guy said that my brother lifted up his hand inside the car. And he said, dear Lord Jesus, you know, I went to do something important in the city and I had to, we've been here for five hours. Lord, open the way. I need to get to Lagos right now. 
and he said, I just saw this guy dressed in rag. He just said, just stay this way. And he said, my brother just went there. He said they were all afraid in the car. If this guy lead us to a place where they will round us up and deal with us. Because they were the only car taking that place and it didn't make sense. They just, it was in the, just found themselves because they had a flight, 11 uh, Delta Airways, 11 in the night. And by 7, 7, they were still there at the express. No movement at all. And by the time they two where that guy said, and they just found themselves at the front, ahead of the traffic. Don't you think God knows Lagos is by the expressway? He knows where you stay. He knows everything. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Say this loud and clear. My father knows me. He knows my name. I have confidence. In the blood of Jesus, I am covered by the blood. I am justified by the blood. I am sanctified by the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. Glory to God. Shout hallelujah. Let's rise. Say this after me. Say in the name of Jesus. I am not afraid of anything. Say it by yourself again. Say it loud and clear. Can you say it one more time? Say, I'm not afraid of the future. Say it again. If you have any fear in you, any area of concern, put your hand on your chest. Whisper it and say that this is the last time that now I say to you today, mention that thing, that henceforth I am no longer afraid of you because I know if it's something negative, say, I know my Redeemer will never let this happen. If it's about a fear of you, might be disappointed. Say, I know I will never be disappointed. It will never end up this way. Say it loud. Say the opposite. It will end up in success. If you're afraid that the year might end, you won't get that job or this will happen. Say the opposite in the name of Jesus before the end of the year. I have this, I have this job, I have this contract. Say, Satan, I will never allow you to rule my life again. If people before you have had health crisis, speak to yourself right now. My case will never be like that. I'm going to live in absolute, in total health. I'm going to live in peace. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, blessed be your name. Thank you, Father. We bless you, we give you praise. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. 
I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.